0: Alright, welcome you to porch talk this is an untapped in vinyl per usual I have monk here with me and uh, what going on two years now two years now we've been we we've saving a seat the honorary chair has been filled <laughs> by none other than uh, one of our favorite guitar pickers Taylor Hollinsworth and songwriters thank too, you by the way yes. thank you and we are at the wonderful uh, house that beer built in Tuscaloosa, Druid City Brewing, shout out to Bo Hicks and all the wonderful people here. And Seth, we gotta shout out to Seth, yep. and Kevin, and even Bob made an appearance tonight. Even Bob loved Druid City. And so, uh, man, we're here to talk uh, beer and vinyl, and uh, I mean, we got a blip show tonight. Uh, that, that's a little something to ride home about. Man, I, I don't think I've been more excited about seeing
1: a show than I am about seeing a show. I mean, in a long time. I mean, the last time I was just excited was when we had early James at the Columbus Arts Council. Yeah. And I had listened to that record till I mean, I knew every damn word to it. And then when he finally got there, I was like, oh my God, just like higher than my expectations were, you know? He's, and, I, <clears> yeah. and the same thing, I think, with the Blips, man. I have listened to that. We listened to it all the way over here today. <laughs> so,
2: it, it thank you. It wasn't so to
0: long it. ago that you and uh, James shared a set, right?
2: Uh, yeah uh trying to think when did we shoot oh yeah you're right yeah at avondale (laughs) duh totally i was like trying to think it was dead fingers too right yeah dead fingers and early james that's right yeah yeah he's you know he's phenomenal live it's like he he's got that voice it just carries it's like you know and his guitar playing's great uh yeah, I actually just saw him last weekend. I played a gig on on last, this past Friday night at Little Italy, mm-hmm. a cool little restaurant in Five Points, mm-hmm. and uh, that's where like a lot of musicians hang out, especially early James's crowd. Yeah, Zach uh, Austin, Zach and Taylor, Adrian, Honica, Adrian, Adrian, all them, uh, and and. Uh, they were all there at the gig, and I was hanging out with James afterwards, and we were talking about y'all. We yeah. were talking about you and his show at the, the one you were speaking yeah, of, yeah. 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 Uh, and then he said his girlfriend Cami has an art show. Yes, she does coming um, up. I can't that's like October, I think. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I was like, yeah, Monk, just hit me up about a something in Columbus too. Uh, that art. Uh, what is it? Once a month through the summer, third Saturday, art yeah. and music
1: festival that we have in Columbus with uh, with Munson Brothers.
0: Yeah, I'm excited <clears throat> so about really that. Really cool thing. Yeah, and that's I, that's been a fun thing too because like uh, and Luke Wood is the first, and I've been talking to Birmingham musicians about, won't you come over to Columbus and play on the third weekend for us? You know? Yeah, and yeah. getting some of that talent over yeah. there. just more exposure. Right
1: now you got that tropical storm down in the Gulf, so the yeah. thing may get shit canned on. Week. Oh, really yeah. So. yeah I,
2: fingers crossed on the festival this weekend, too. You know, that had been. Oh, happening. yes. For real. Yeah. Is there, a, man, we got to get the blips over there sometime. Is oh, there, would there be a good spot? Yes. Munson Brothers. Munson Brothers. For sure. Would be the That's best. the place. Okay. It's an outdoor beer garden. Yeah. Okay. It'd be perfect. People would come out, you think? Uh, yeah. 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 They got a, kind of a built in crowd
1: there. Yeah. We should depending do that. on what night they, they got you there. You know, <laughs> yeah. Friday night,
2: well, Saturday we'll be night would be. We could do it on a
0: Friday or Saturday. Columbus yeah. is such a weird place. It's You know, it's a, it has an Air Force base, and so every few years it's kind of like a college. And we have the W, which is a college, so, like, the culture and the people are continually shifting. Yeah. And so, like, every two or three years you have to win back over a brand new crowd. Yeah. yeah. And right now, like, Munson Brothers, they have the Air Force and those guys just locked down. I've always kind of said that Tuscaloosa's a little bit like that, too. Because, like,
2: because I've been playing in Tuscaloosa for you know nearly 20 years i mean that's shit actually i think 20 years yeah and because it's a college town the crowds keep turning over Mm -hmm. and like there's been there's been eras when it was packed shows and there's been eras when it was not too many people (laughs) but but i never fear it will change again you know what i mean it's like you know, and, and I feel like
0: it's been kind of a good era again lately, it seems yeah. like. Yeah, I think with, like, coming out of the pandemic now and, like, shows are coming out, like, not just for the musicians, but for people who like going to shows. People are Everybody's just hungry. Everybody's hungry for it. They're yeah. hungry for it. I can tell, GQ, man, okay. every show I've played has been <laughs> packed, you know, yeah.
2: whereas they used to not be. I mean, because I play so much around, especially around Birmingham, like, you know, when you play that much, it's hard to get a crowd every time because people are like, "Well, I'm gonna sure. go see him next weekend," or you know, and, it, yeah. and that eventually spreads out through how many people you got that come to see. But lately, man, since the pandemic, it's just like everyone is just partying. Man. <laughs> people are partying. I'm like. This is fun. Yeah. I think it's going to be that way tonight. Here the last Church show City, I called sure.
0: of yours at Avondale, and that was a special crowd because it, it was filled with just the singer, songwriter types, musicians of Birmingham. Yeah. And it was like just a big party. It was uh, Will Stewart and you played that night. Yeah, so That yeah. was a hell of a night, too. Yeah. That was yeah, and you know Will Stewart's
2: outside. With, yeah, you know he's he in might the be making a cameo appearance. Oh, good! I told him I, I was like, you should, you ought to pop in on. I this. said all
1: of y'all should come on in here. and okay. sit With us for a little while, you know. Okay. Just, I mean, with us, you're part of this whole untapped. But they were coming guest. Oh, dude! You're,
2: you're a yeah, part. Of this. I told him I was like, <laughs> I was like, I mean, we got to check with them, but you know, we yeah, you know, pop in. I was thinking you were down. Yeah, <laughs> I knew y'all would be down. So yeah, I told I told him that. Uh,
1: so, so, how did you keep sane during the pandemic?
2: It's the Man. trails, right? Do what? The trails. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I actually uh, cut. So my backyard, I back up to the woods mm-hmm. in my neighborhood, and my neighborhood is kind of like every street is a dead end. Yeah. So we're up against Red Mountain on one side of it, you know, and you yeah. cross over into the Birmingham side. So I'm on the other side in uh, crestwood south is what my neighborhood yeah, yeah, is yeah, yeah. and uh and so yeah i just one day actually right when i moved into that house i started looking at google maps because every house i've had in the last 10 years or 15 years mm-hmm. i've had some kind of access to wilderness in my backyard yeah so it's kind of like a i have to have that now you know sure. but now i'm there to stay uh but there was no kind of trail system or anything, it was just woods. But I pulled out Google Maps and I looked how the roads laid out and I and I started doing the little measurements, because uh, you can see distance on the map if you zoom in, it, it gives you a little, uh, what do you call it, a little key or whatever that tells you the distance between yeah. them. So I, I realized, like, man, I mean, I could cut a really legit hiking trail. And I don't know who owns all the land, but I'm just going to do it until somebody stops me. Well, what was crazy is like as you got going, the
0: neighbors got involved, right?
2: Now I have a bunch of people in the neighborhood helping me out. I haven't yeah. even met them all. I'll go hiking down the trail, and somebody will be out working on it that I've never met. And I don't even say... Hey, it's me. I cut this trail. I just like, hi, how are you? I don't say anything because you know I don't want to get. You never know who you're talking to. I don't sure. want to get in trouble or something. Yeah. yeah. So I, I'm just like, man, appreciate you out here working on the trail. You know,
3: <laughs> I, I okay. love
2: you know I love this yeah. trail and the ne- being in the neighborhood. And it seems like everybody does. You know, it's like, yeah. it's so cool. So I cut. Uh, let's see, I cut well one trailhead. At the end of one of the dead-end streets. And then I connect. There was another trail. Uh, I'd say a mile and a half to two miles from mine. Already mm-hmm. around the hospital up there. The old Montclair Hospital. There's yep. some trails back there. And they go all the way to... There's a Jewish community center. Uh, which is very popular in town. The JCC. They're, they have bike, uh, mountain biking trails Mm -hmm. through the woods and it's all the same woods yeah and uh man i cut all the way to it so i connected the trail to theirs and then the and then i met the lady who cut the other trail that connected to the jcc trail and she was nice as can be you know hers are more dug out for mountain biking you know because mine have some weird little steep thing you couldn't ride a bike over it you know um, well, a real mountain biker probably could. I mean, oh, <laughs> you know, yeah. Oh, some people definitely. Yeah, yeah. Some people are, well, watch
0: those videos with like they do the GoPro cams and like they're going down the mountains and it like almost oh, gives yeah. me a heart attack oh, just yeah. watching.
2: Yeah. Oh, yeah, man. When I was a kid, actually, there was a guy that we lived in, I lived in these apartments, and there was a guy that moved in with his wife and he was going to, he was getting his doctorate at UAB. His name is Mike Holland and his wife Susan Holland and they became the neighborhood parents they just kind of adopted all me and all the kids on our street would just go to their place all the time and that's that was our base for several years and he was a huge mountain biker so he got us all to we slowly all got mountain bikes and he would take us mountain biking and i remember he was like that like he probably He moved to North Carolina years ago when I was still a kid. I mean, he's probably shooting the GoPro videos. I I mean, he was crazy, man. He would do some crazy stuff. And, of course, we'd all just follow him along, you know. So I remember doing stuff (laughs) that I definitely would never consider doing now. And I seriously hope my daughter doesn't do.
0: Well, dude, I do want to take time to plug this with the Birmingham Humane Society and the work that uh, not only your wife, but you and even Will has gotten involved in.
2: Yeah, man, the Humane Society is amazing. Uh, I mean, really, my wife—you know—she works there. She works hard there. I'm just an occasional volunteer. Mm-hmm. I, Y'all do
0: transports up to Wisconsin.
2: Yeah, I drive the transports. But see, there now, there's a guy. There's a guy named Bob there. There's a guy named Mike. These, these guys are really the ones to give the credit to because they do, you know, they're they're retired and this is their passion now. And they yeah. do at all the trans, like... You like know, the cross-country stuff, right? Yeah. yeah, and I do that too with them, but I, yeah. j- I don't do near as to many. The, to the capacity. You know, I don't do near as many. I might do, during COVID, about halfway through COVID, I, that's when I started volunteering, Uh, and I did about one to two a month at that time. Um, but since it's all ended, I haven't done any, I haven't, I mean, I've just been slammed with gigs and, and work, but. I mean, you've been putting out
1: music of your own, you did the blips, I mean, you've stayed busy since it's like, okay, we're free, let's go.
2: Yeah, (laughs) oh yeah, man. And I told them that too, I I felt bad because I was like, I don't, you know, I don't think y'all understand how busy I'm about to be, but you know. I mean, also, I'm a dad, and Ava's still at home, so I got that too, you know. And That's Kate right. works full time, so it's a lot to balance. But yeah, but I do intend on doing more drives when the when the when it lines up. They send, you know, they have probably a list of ten to twenty volunteer drivers that are on the email list, and then they send out the transports for the month. So and you respond, hey, I can do. This trip to Wisconsin, mm-hmm. they're all like that. They're all along. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. There's
2: two shelters in Wisconsin that they work with. There's one in New Jersey. There's one in, I think, it, Massachusetts or Maryland or somewhere up in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's one in D.C. There's, uh, i trying to remember. There, I think there's a few others, too. And they don't have the stray problems that we have. You know, so they you will know. take in, it, you know, you, you take 40 dogs up at a time, 30 to 40 dogs up at a time. I like to talk about this because when people donate, you know, the, the place runs on donations. Sure, yeah. And, and, my, you know, I've known about the Humane Society for a long time. But How long tip, has Kate been involved? She's been there now for about a year and a half. I think maybe to two years and when she started working there is when I learned all this other stuff that they do this crazy amount of work like these transports of 40 dogs at a time Mm -hmm. and sometimes they'll have them you know there'll be one going on Wednesday and one going on Friday and then the next week Tuesday and then I mean a lot of them they're sh- they're saving so many animals. It's crazy.
0: That was going to be my you know, question. Is like it seems like we're always exporting dogs from here to there because we have we these have crazy strays.
2: stray problems. Yeah. You know, people don't. All these people don't get their dogs fixed, or they and they just they didn't
1: leave. watch The Price is Right and
2: listen to <laughs> fucking
1: Bob Barker. it's what it is. You know. Yeah. You stay yeah. And neuter. Spay and neuter. It's just I you're mean, right. It, I remember because, that because, yeah. because I've lived at like when I lived in McCalla, I mean, we had we lived at the end of a, a T, a dead end, and stray dogs just up on our porch all the time. It's yeah. like people just I don't know. I guess they they they, they get these dogs. And they have litters of puppies, and then whenever the litters of puppies are done, they just drop them off, and that's their solution to the problem, rather than have them spayed or neutered. Yeah. You know? yeah. And yeah. I can't
0: tell you, like, growing up just on dirt roads, because Kenridge a small town, it's nothing to find a cardboard, cardboard box full of puppies, you know? Yeah. yeah, yeah. And uh, there has got to be a better way. And, like, even, like, uh, you put me on this. is like, when I go to get my next dog, it's definitely going to come from the Humane Society. Yeah. Oh, they're, like, they're there, and they need homes. And they can't get them. Speaking at, of which, is uh, your latest dog? Is it is it fully healing yet? Is it got all its Simon? Yeah. Uh, he he. So we've had him for about a
2: year now, and he still is having skin issues. He's still healing. Like he had mange so bad. Like, I googled severe mange and I couldn't find a so photo. He's worse the, he's than the him. New image.
0: I mean, probably so. Because like, when I saw the first picture, like you posted about him, I was like, I've never seen a dog so ate up by mange. Oh, yeah. It was, he, he didn't
2: have any hair on his body,
0: none. It was
2: all just scabs and just eaten up. I mean, it's the most pitiful looking animal I'd ever seen. You know, and. This dog though is awesome. I mean, good on I you. I mean, though, honestly, man, <clears throat> honestly, he's protective
0: too. Dude, that honestly, dude loves some Hollandsworth. Oh yeah, he is. He is. He's a man. He's such a
2: good dog. We've actually just took home a puppy recently too, and it's another pit bull puppy. Because most dogs in Birmingham strays, like Kate said, probably seventy to eighty percent are pit bulls. Pit bulls, yeah. Or wow. pit bull mixes, because that's just mutt as you can get. Yeah. But. I, the, they're the best dogs you know? Really it's are. so funny how yeah. they have this like bad rabbit. stigma attached to them of being these like aggressive oh, yes. killer dogs oh. and they're like the nicest dog like if they're yeah. like that, they were trained to be like that that's because right. that's sure, not sure, how sure. they are.
0: You know what dog you're most likely to get bitten by? A little small dog. That, but like when you talk big dog, it's a Labrador or a Golden Retriever. Oh, really? Hmm. But they're very mouthy dogs anyway. Yeah. And so sometimes when they grab you, they might be playing, but you are more likely to get bit by them. Yeah. Pitbull's near the bottom of the list. Really? But it's they have that stigma about them. Yeah. Same with Rottweilers.
2: Yeah. They're not well, bad
0: dogs.
1: Well, I mean, I, I love dogs, but I'm a cat guy. Yeah. And so there was a litter of four cats that were found under a house um, in Starkville, Mississippi, and I'm rescuing two of them. My fiancé and I are from the Starkville animal shelter. so oh, cool. We're giving two little kitties. The other two, I think, are going on a transport. I wish I could have all four of them, but, I mean, I live in a small apartment oh, yeah. over four Main Street. <laughs> yeah, four cats. You've got to have, you know,
2: two litter boxes at that point, and I just don't have room for two litter boxes and, even, you know? And I don't know, by the way, I've been meaning to tell you this, and I know it's sad, to bring it up but sushi your yes, cat that yes, you loved yes i can't remember if i told you but you know we have a cat named Mushi and yeah. it looks exactly like sushi. really i gotta yeah. show you some pictures
1: yeah i'll have to show you one of the cats right that we are uh we're fostering looks like um, that kind of we, we her name is memphis marie yeah and she's a tortoiseshell. Okay. And she's got like a distinct line going down the front of her face, and one side of her face is kind of more black than the other. Yeah. So she looks sort of like Sushi just because she is, because all tortoiseshells kind of look alike, yeah, you know? Do. Yeah, they Yeah, yeah, Well, that's why Mushi I'm saying Sushi, yeah. Yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah. But. Oh, it was heartbroken, man, when I, I found I'm her that, that day. Oh, my goodness. That's the worst. My, I lost my, before Simon, my, my favorite dog I'd ever had was this dog, Cammy, also rescued, of course. And. No relation to Cammy. the. No, no, no relation. No Cammy with her, girlfriend. <laughs> yeah. No Cammy uh, Winley involved here. But this dog, this dog was named Cammy because when uh, I didn't find her myself, when the woman that we got her from, she found the litter. Well, she put uh, collars on all of them, and Cammy's was a camouflage collar. And she Aww. could. She this woman was like a saint. She rescued so many dogs. She was like it was like an, her own shelter in her backyard Jeez. and in her house i mean when we went to pick it up I, she had probably 30 dogs that she had rescued wow and she said her husband was nuts because of it but like she's like i can't help it i just this is what i do and uh but cammy was the best dog ever you know just the perfect dog and uh and uh she died uh let's see not this past october but the one before yeah and uh man i cried like a baby man. i mean I, I was i was torn up man it's a boy and his dog right yeah i, I buried her, about her in that the connection. backyard in my backyard i put her in my my dad's old sleeping bag he passed away when i was a kid so this is a special sleeping bag sure and i wrapped her up inside it and then me and kate man, that right there said outside. a lot about how special
1: cammy was oh right yeah, there, you know? exactly,
2: yeah exactly exactly I mean, she was my baby, and she lived by me. I mean she walked, she just stayed with me when I went down into my downstairs into my studio. She always came with me i dude I, there are tracks on records plenty of tracks on records she's, only- she's quietly in there, and she doesn't make a sound, and I'm talking about on a any kind of microphone that picks up every little noise, yeah. She, is, that's how quiet she was. She yeah. would just rest by my feet. And I would sit there and play the guitar, acoustic tracks, vocal tracks, yeah. whatever. And that dog is in the track, you know. <laughs> She's quietly breathing. She track. heard all the magic. <laughs> yeah. And then there is, uh, I think it's on the end of Tap Dancing Daddy, maybe. One of the songs around then, uh, you can hear her shake her collar, collar yeah. uh, during yeah. the song and okay. it was perfectly timed. <laughs> yeah. I didn't edit that at all. It yeah. sounds like I'm yeah. I it's actually it a tambourine. It. Yeah. yeah, it sounds something like that. Like you wouldn't know because in the what's crazy is just how perfectly timed it was, you know. And I left it exactly like that. Uh it's pretty cool though. Yeah. to know about
0: well dude know. before we move on to uh, just what you've been up to and like what you have coming up going on is I want to plug your art as well um, yeah, you've been thanks. you've been busting that out so tell us a little bit about uh, your journey into uh, the folk art scene man uh I
2: mean I don't know how far my journey's gone into the scene necessarily <laughs> but you got art <laughs> shows coming up but I have some art shows coming up that I mean I appreciate you reaching out to me for sure. that one uh, I've got one at Rojo coming up, not this Thursday, but the next, um, and yeah, I'm like really into making art right now, I'm trying to, I actually told Kate, I was like, you know, I kind of want to shift into focusing on art more than music. How long have you been doing it now? Uh As I get older, you know. Yeah. Um, I started when Ava was born because like I just needed that outlet. I was at home all of a sudden all, a lot and mm-hmm. and I had a baby sleeping. So I couldn't really play music uh you know without that makes total without sense, waking yeah. her up. So I just kind of I started just drawing with Sharpies and stuff. So all my first stuff was just kind of like low budget, shitty looking art, but it was psychedelic drawings, you know. Yeah, and yeah, I would yeah. go to the thrift store and I would get like either old paintings and draw on top of them or I would just take the frame and use and put something inside there and then do my art on it. And it was... in. So I went from Sharpies next to paint pens and then from there at some point I started buying house paints and pouring it. So now my... Now I've really figured out my thing. It's taken me a long time, but. Yeah. Uh, so it's taken me, you know, Ava's eight now, mm. so it's taken me eight years of doing art, but um, I'm really proud of what I'm doing now.
0: And even with the I piece. I feel like it's my own thing. Yeah. Not
2: truly me, you know. Yeah.
0: With the piece that I have of yours at the house, I mean, that's usually the eye catcher. Like when folks go into like my little studio room. Yeah, which one did you get? I forget. Man. It's got the bullet teeth. Oh, yeah. And oh, it's got yeah. the red, frizzy the hair. The punk rock, yeah. looking, gnarly looking teeth. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. It's like, what is that? And I was like, that's my buddy Taylor, man. Yeah. <laughs> it's gnarly, ain't it? Yeah. That one was real gnarly.
2: Yeah. Uh,. Yeah, I've got a bunch of cool ones that I'm working on right now that I'm into, you know. Soundtrack. I'm hearing the they're, blips. They're cranking up. <laughs> I told them I'll, I'll be in here. Y'all just put my shit where you need to put <laughs> it. <laughs> I'll set it up right before we play.
0: All right, man. Uh, one thing I wanted to bring up is uh, you recently got back from a short tour with uh, Jimmy Duck Holmes. Mm-hmm. So uh, tell us a little bit about, uh, about that. I mean... I wouldn't really call it a tour. It was basically... Two-stop.
2: Yeah, he got hired to play Oklahoma City. And I played with Jimmy Duck three or f- probably three years ago at the Baton Rouge Blues Festival. They hired him then, and they hired... At that time, it was partial Dexatines. It was Brian on drums. I remember when that happened
1: because I think... Um, Ronnie...
2: Yeah, Ronnie. Yeah, yeah Ronnie he was Rick, in it. Yeah, yeah, he was in it. Uh, yeah, it was Brian, Ronnie, me on guitar, <laughs> and Jimmy Duck uh, leading it. Um, this time they reached out to me. I think Brian couldn't do it, maybe, uh, and he was like, "Do you have anybody that you would you think would do well?" And I was like, "Oh man, I got
0: him. <laughs> got the roll. I'm mean, gonna pull all- out
2: the roll Yeah. Oh yeah. So I got my regular crew is Macy." my wife's brother, and uh, Ross Dog, who plays with me in my solo thing. He plays in Dead Fingers. He plays with me in 93 Beaters, which is our psychedelic country cover jam band. We call it Renegade Outlaw. (laughs) Psychedelic country or something, I forget. Yeah. Uh, You know, we we jam all kinds of gigs, but um, man, he's just solid on the drums. You know, he's... Uh, He's just perfect how I like people to play. He's not flashy. He's very keeps the rhythm. You know, it's all about the rhythm. Uh, So I think Jimmy Duck was into it, man. It was yeah, yeah. It was the the coolest gig though. Was really just it was just a practice for the Oklahoma City show, which was a big show. It was downtown in the big park, you know, outdoor theater.
3: Yeah, yeah. So
2: a lot. It was like. Like the city put it on, probably a concert a month for the summer or something like that, yeah. summer series, and uh, so it was, you know, it was a big audience. But the night before, we decided to play at his juke joint, uh, which you've talked about on the podcast, the Blue Front, the Blue, blue front. front, yeah. Um, and that, my friend Jonathan Purvis, did get some video of it, but I don't, I don't know if he got the whole thing. Which I wish we had because that was a special... He was in his element
0: then. Oh, dude. Know? There's, and, sure. and, and there's it nothing was, like Blue Front Energy, though. Oh, man. Was y'all inside or on the porch? We were on the porch. Oh, hell yeah. And it was
2: killer, man. It was killer. And, you know, anytime he hit plays, there's the locals come and put up lawn chairs or they sit at those picnic tables. So there was a little bit of an audience, you know, but we were mostly just... so It was just so my guys could get a feel for playing with Jimmy because sure. he doesn't play like anybody. I mean... Mm-mm. You know, he's gonna tune his guitar super low and weird, and it's not gonna be to a tuner, so he might be in between B and C. Yeah. And you're gonna, you gotta tune, you know, all the strings have to tune to him by ear, mm-hmm. which can't, you know, what sounds easy for professional musicians can be challenging on a big stage when you've got your hearing sound through monitors. Sometimes it sounds like the note pitch is changing from one side of the stage to the other. Uh, so I experienced this at the Baton Rouge Blues Festival yeah. <laughs> because that was my first time to play with him, and and uh, I remember his manager, Michael, was like, "Hey man, uh, you might want to like tune Jimmy's guitar for him before the show." And I was like, "Well, what is he tuned to?" He was like, "Oh, I don't know." So I asked Jimmy, "Hey Jimmy, what what tuning do you use?"
0: I don't know. don't know. He just tunes yeah. it down and plays. Some say it. D flat minor, some say E minor. Yeah, it sounds like an
2: open No, man. He was uh he was pretty low. I mean, I think he might have been lower than D. Open like D flat minor maybe yeah. it does seem, seem like it is a minor string in there
0: and the, the trick about it is like I've, I've had two lessons from him is like on the g string and this is what blows everybody's mind with that bentonia it was invented by henry Suckett who taught jimmy yeah that tuning and that style it's, yeah and skip only, james is the big one right skip james yeah. was uh right beside jimmy they were all learning together yeah yeah he and was s- from bentonia that's yeah. right yeah and so it's it's the g string and what, it, what throws everybody off about that Bentonia style is when you put your finger on the first fret, it's major. But when you take it off, it's minor. Yeah, that's right. And so you're always that's in That's the G you're string, you're right? Always,
2: yeah. Yeah. You're yeah, always yeah. in between. Well, I know that because I play that same tuning but major. Yeah. So I I go like this for the minor, my hand down. But I can't do a minor on the open chord. Yeah. But, that, but that's like my tuning, you know. I mean, I use that on ton- Ring Around Saturn, uh, tons of that dead finger stuff tons of the country western stuff is that tuning but major but that's a very common tune open tuning. yeah but the minor's pretty I wasn't sure if that was exactly what it was but I guess it is yeah
0: okay that, there's a good there's a good <laughs> now <laughs> I know how to tune I it I'm not a guitar player so I'm there, just in the basement there's I mean. a great uh, write up and it's the only one I found that got it right it's by my uh, buddy Ryan Lee Crosby out of Boston he'll yeah. be he'll be down in Bentonville this weekend for the festival yeah is um uh, it's D-flat minor, and he breaks everything down, and he even tells you about the myths. He's like, a lot of people will say it's tuned to this, but they're not, that's not it. Yeah. And Because there's a lot of differences, but, like, anybody that's played with Jimmy will tell you, be like, I might not know exactly what it is, but it's not that, yeah. you know? Yeah.
1: I mean, that happened, I remember, years ago, I went up to, I was working for Okra Magazine. Not Oprah, Okra. <laughs> People confuse it all the time. But I, I, I went up to um, um, the the Blue Canoe in Tupelo yeah. to interview Leo Bud Welch mm-hmm. and saw him play. And I've never heard anybody more off on their guitar sound ever in my life. It was almost painful. And this yeah. was just, uh, I think it was like three months before he passed away. And his manager comes up, a young guy that kind of found him and was like, hey, we need to get you out there because you're really good. You're one of these legends that's going to you know last and stuff. So... Um, he gets up there he tunes his guitar and he gives it back to uh, to Leo Budd and he sits there and he goes, and he goes that shit ain't right and he's actually <laughs> tuning it back to where it was <laughs> it's like he's got this sound in his head it's like to think about like Sidel Davis he's got oh, yeah. this sound in his head he doesn't really tune That's he right. just knows what the hey, sound man, that he hey, did the one day he was practicing, yeah. he
2: knows exactly how it's supposed to sound. Heck, you know, he's been playing it that way for his whole life, yeah, exactly. and he's done good for himself. Yeah. So you can't come in and change it now. Yeah. Why are you there talking about it? Because he knows what he's doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. That's
0: right. It was, he, what they always say, he played with like the spoon or the fork. Yeah, he played with he, the he played
1: with the uh, was it a knife kitchen or a knife? Spoon? The kitchen yeah. knife. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. And it's like it was. It was even the guy from YouTube, Bono. He was like. You know, at first when you hear it, just like something's off. But as you get to sit and with and, it, and
2: they're kind of. All, I mean, oh, some you of the... bend into it. yeah, exactly. yeah. You gotta yeah.
0: open your mind.
2: You yeah. can't be, you can't be one of these people that like music has to be this way. And there are rules. There's no rules, you know, and, and there's not. I don't care what school you go to. That I mean, you can stick by those rules if you choose to. Yeah. But it's just sound. It's wood and metal making sound. You know what I mean? You can yeah. bend it all the hell. How, you can do whatever you want to make music out That's of That's right. It. Yeah. You know? I uh, mean, Tom Morello's made a damn
1: killing off of bending the sound anywhere, any way he wants to, you know? I mean, he uses no effects pedals. Um, well, no, he does. No, he uses yeah. a whammy for sure. Yeah, oh, yes, Yeah. Because I
2: played a show with him. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. And then he uses a wah-wah.
2: Oh yeah, for sure. He's uh, got a little pedal board up there. Yeah, we but. we uh the Connor Oberst and the Mystic Valley Band actually opened up for Rage Against the Machine. No shit. In t- yeah. let me. Think. I was thinking like the Night Watchmen
1: or something. No, was let me thing think. Of rage. No, no, uh, this, this was their first show
2: in L.A. in over ten years at the Palladium, and this was. I don't. I'm trying to remember what year this was. This was probably 2011. Do you remember when all that stuff was going on in Arizona and they were trying to? There, I can't remember what it was called, but they were basically trying to make it where they could pull over any Hispanic-looking person. Holy shit! For nothing, and, yeah. and card them to see if they have their green card or blue, whatever you have to have, you know, yeah. or, or see if you're actually a citizen or not sure. or whatever, and. It was bullshit. It was sure. racist. It yes. was just complete bullshit. So Rage Against the Machine, uh, the singer. Um, Zach De La Rocha. Tomarello. Zach De La Rocha. Oh, yeah, very nice guy. Yeah. Uh, hung out with us all night that night. Uh, actually stayed up till the sun came up with that guy. And But he and Connor had become friends over the years because they're both very political activist with their music. Yeah. yes, And so this thing came on board. The show happened and Rage Against the Machine was like, we'll fucking do it. And they called it the Sound Strike uh, something. Nobody play Arizona until they end this. Mm-hmm. None, And all these bands signed on board. Like, none of them will tour through Arizona until they end it. That was like... That's their, awesome. Yeah. That was hella cool. Oh, yeah. it was historic. It was yeah. cool as hell. So he asked Connor... Hey, do you have a band that would want to open up for Rage Against the Machine at the Palladium? Yeah, my band. Of course, like, (laughs) well, yeah, you know, the Mystic Valley Band had just kind of finished up all their touring. So we were still pretty hot and and fresh. And, uh, man, we did that show. And now, I got to say, the audience was kind of like... All rage fans.
3: (laughs) Yeah, and I I, sure.
2: And I think they were like, you know, what the hell are these guys? But I did hear one guy. I brought my whammy pedal that night, and I went wild on it. You know, I went wild, and I did hear one guy go, "I get why they got this band." You know, like I bet this is Tom Morella's influence or something. You know,
4: I heard him say that.
2: And uh, anyway, I was like, you know, we we rocked it. We played our hardest ones we could. And then I got to watch Rage come out and I I, I've, I was never like a Rage fan growing oh. up. I that was got massive. My my best friends all were yeah. and I was into it some, but I didn't understand it. I wasn't super political. Now when I hear it I'm like, "Oh, like I get it now." Yeah. You know? It was on I parade. get all of it now, yeah. but I didn't get it then cuz I was young. Yeah. But uh you know, man, this show do the power that Zach De La Rocha has, man, controlling that crowd. I mean, I'm talking, they went from being the loudest band in the world to, to stopping, and Zach started speaking. And, and it was like you were drop. at the presidential, yeah, you know, yeah. the, I mean, you could hear a pin drop. Yeah. And they all listened to every word he said. And man, it was so heartfelt and passionate about, and he, and in LA, Their hardcore audience, because the Palladium, believe it or not, is small for Rage Against the Machine, you know, and that's a huge venue, but it's small for them and their home base for sure, you know, and their first show in 10 years, so man, if you don't think those people bought that ticket within a minute, it was sold out probably in minutes, and that was all their hardcore fans. And a lot of their hardcore fans in Southern California are Hispanic and were feeling this racial tension Mm -hmm. against them. And, man, when he spoke about that, I mean, it was moving, like truly moving. And then he ended it, like, right, you know, he... Brought it up to this level where everybody was really starting to get into it. and He was starting to shout, and you the band know, just and broke then it back just into and it. then it just went bah-bah-dum, bah-bah-dum. dude. The whole Bull's room started to oh, yeah. yeah. yes. oh man, I That's was like, awesome. whoa, yeah. you know, it was great. Feel the earth shaking a little I, I re- bit.
1: I remember back it when I remember back when Rage <laughs> first started when their first record came out. I mean. There was nothing like to to ears in in Columbus, Mississippi. There was there was we'd never heard anything like that before. Well,
2: if you look and, back into the nineties, at the time they came out, there was nobody that sounded like no, that.
1: no, and nobody no. that political that was in the forefront. Yeah, you know, because I can remember. I don't know. I'm going to show my age here between you, young guys, but. Like, I remember 92, 93, being down at the UNO Lakefront Arena at Lollapalooza when it used to tour. And right before Tool played, Rage Against the Machine took the stage. And I'm a, I mean, I'm six foot three, yeah. you know. So, I mean, at that cool. time, I think I've shrunk a little bit since I've got older. My posture's gotten worse. But, man, I had, I went Sit into the, straight. I went into the mosh pit <laughs> for that show. It was just, if the whole crowd was bouncing, even in the back. The oh, people I'm who sure. weren't in the mosh pit were bouncing. I got pushed to the front, had to be pulled over by a bodyguard or a bouncer or whatever, Yeah, yeah. pulled over and walked yeah, across yeah, the stage. Out. And I'm yeah. just the whole time just looking, and Zach's just jumping up and down and right in front of me. And I'm like, oh, my God, that guy's so amazing. Yeah. Just like, so much
0: energy. I mean, I only imagine it like a Jack White show. It is like the first time I saw Jack White live, it would I would have had to thrown a rock I, I, twice to be able to hit the stage. And it's still like I had earbuds I, in. And it still hurt. I I get. I mean, that's how. Yeah. I imagine Rage Against the Machine just being loud and fucking proud, right? I I
1: get. I get what I like. I see what you're doing right there because I was gonna say I've never seen the power of a vocalist. The band tries to match that power that he has. And yeah. I think Jack White kind of does that as well. The way Jack plays and the way his band, you oh. just watch them. They're all in sync. They're all watching Jack to see what he's going to do
0: next so they it, can make sure they're on point. It, you know? And like, oh, yeah. most folks Rage don't know that the there's old. an 11, but like Jack and Rage, they know where yeah, 11 is. Yeah. You know? Oh, yeah, man. <laughs> they know how to command
2: a crowd, too, with their you know, presence. Mm-hmm. That's it. I mean, that, that, it takes something special to really own the room you know, and really bring them in. I mean, that's hard to do, you know. I mean, obviously when it's your hardcore fans, it's not as hard, but to get to that place and get to that level, that's very hard, you know. Yeah. I think it takes some something pretty special,
1: you know. So is this Blips record, there going to be more Blips records? Yeah. Is this like a thing you're going to get into, like, for
2: sure now? or? None of us really know and none of us want to, like, say or yeah. really, you know. I think we're just – doing it as long as we're having fun but we do have another record written already pretty much we haven't recorded anything yeah but we've got the jams we're actually gonna play a couple tonight so we're cool. going to play some new Blips material. I was wondering because yeah. you'll be playing
1: for like an hour and a half tonight, and I'm like, the record's like 30 something minutes long. i probably. Are you going to do some solo stuff in there. Saying, I
2: bet they're going to stretch them. Everybody's <laughs> probably going to be more like stuff? an hour tonight. I don't know. If we're <laughs> but we do have, we have one cover, and well, actually, we have a couple other covers we can pull out if we need to. What time is that show, by the way? We start in 20 minutes. Yeah. Perfect. Okay. okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, we're good. Um, Probably need to go out there and
1: sound check here in a minute
2: Yeah, I think they already did I'll just kind of Get a real quick line check (laughs) I'm the line check I'm the line check master, man Hey, I'm sorry, but I'm not going to make sound check Uh, Is there any way I can do line check?
0: (laughs) I wanted to ask you this And this is a little bit on the nerdy side But um, just with sitting down With uh, your records uh, And trying to Emulate some of that sound and I'm beginning to notice that a lot of it is not in standard Uh, What are some of your favorite? uh, Tune-ins Well, I mean like I said
2: open D is very common for me Uh, But I actually a lot of it. I do it in standard I might like Years ago when I was doing more rock and a little bit more punk kind of stuff I tune it was standard, but it was tuned down Mm -hmm. Uh, sometimes a step, sometimes just half a step sometimes you know I tried a few, I I experimented Uh, at some point I came back up to standard because I would play so, I I began playing guitar with so many other people uh, I realized basically I'm lazy but I just didn't want to keep retuning my guitar every night because I would just play night after night but it'd be with a different group or a different thing. Mm. So I got back to where I was playing a standard a lot, uh, which now I'm really comfortable at. Um, so mostly that sometimes I do open G too. Okay. okay. So that's the third one that I'll throw out. We
1: had, uh, at the end of the, when, when James, early James was with us on the podcast, he and I talked about your guitar style and how he was kind of pulled some influence from you. Like, You just... It kind of seems to me... And I'm not a guitar player. I'll claim my ignorance. I can play bass a little bit, you know? Uh I can do a bunch of, like, the first chords of a couple songs. That's about it. But, like, this open-handed just kind of... I can't tell what your right hand is doing when you're playing guitar. Well, my right hand?
2: Yeah. Are you just strumming with your fingers? I mean, how do you... So I do a lot of this pinching thing, which I do With your index and thumb. Index and thumb. Uh, And then when I do the... Uh, the country kind of the bounch bounch I do the bass with the thumb and I go like on chica, Westphalia. I go like, yeah, like Westphalia. Yeah. I go bounch, like that goes down and back up. So yeah. the up is kind of a, or the one of them is a scratch, like bounch So I kind of mute the chords are. Partially muted, mm-hmm. they're not yeah. fully ringing out, you know. Which you, the more, the longer you play like that, you get your own little feel. There's times when I let it ring if I want it to be louder in the chorus or something, and there's times when all I do is almost just the bass part and just with a little scratch rhythm, yeah. you know.
3: So, uh, so, did
1: that style come from anybody, or that's just like you just fucking around the guitar and one
2: day it just
3: man, that's what you
1: became comfortable with?
2: I. Yeah, I didn't directly learn that from anybody. I just kind of, there There was, you know, a few people that I would watch play and I would watch blues guys on YouTube and stuff. There was a time when it was like after the Mystic Valley Band uh, when I realized if I wanted to be able to make a living playing music, I had to be able to do shows by myself or with, I, I needed to be very versatile. And I didn't want to play by myself and suck. You know, I wanted yeah. to be able to hold the rhythm and have the whole. I wanted the melody and the everything going at one time, and that's what a lot of those blues players were doing. So that's why I started. Okay, I got to start playing the bass line with your top finger. And, yeah, yeah. It, it, and and now I, you know, sometimes I'll play without it. But I did at some point start using a little loop pedal to make it even bigger. To fill it I don't usually use that if I'm by myself, but. If I'm doing like some of these long, like I play at Marty's, you know that's almost a four-hour gig.
0: So Ooh, you gotta me, stretch it.
2: Yeah, me and Ross, are, I'll get I'll get a little loop, don't you can you can, you can bond, loop going over and over. Yeah. And you know, people, that's a late night. Kind of, ex- night kind place. of exper- experimenting with a lot of stuff. Oh too, yeah, and, it, and, and, and years of experimenting, you know, got me to where, you know, you, you you just learn your things. You cut out some things and you keep some things and you try other things and. Uh, you know, over time, you just kind of come up with your, your different little tricks. You know, it's like yeah. your little hat tricks that you can pull out if you need to. You know <laughs> what I mean? And, and 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 I never had a good voice, so I realized that I'm gonna call I had to. I'm gonna call
1: bullshit on that too. Man. <clears throat> well, thank you. It but fits fucking perfectly with what you do.
2: And I, I think it was catered though. But way. it made me want to get good at words so people can follow it. Rather than, you know, I couldn't just belt out a song like James or Taylor Honeycut. You know what I mean? I can't yeah. sing out like that, so I didn't have that. That wasn't in my pocket. I had no choice. So, instead, I did my own thing to where I could still draw the audience in, but do it my own way. You yeah.
4: know?
2: Uh, I mean, Ring Around Saturn, pure fucking poetry. <laughs>
1: Thanks. That is like... I mean, that's like my song, yeah. That and Westphalia, and I, mean, I was bitten by a bastard snake. You knew yeah, it wasn't you know, a bastard because the snake ain't got no dad. Damn I, it, that's like, I mean, it's simple as shit. It's like you're talking about a fucking snake, but you're making fun, and it's freaking amazing. You it, know? it just
2: put a smile yeah. on your face. I yeah. like lyrics to be fun and funny, kind of like, yeah, you know, sometimes I get bored when the shit's too serious. I mean, I like things to be serious in the deepest meaning of it. But, you know, I like it to be kind of playful. Kind of I've a little always, whimsy
1: to it. Yeah. yeah,
2: that's the kind of stuff that catches my ear. You know, John Prine is a perfect example yeah. of that. He's he's the master of it. Uh, so once I discovered him, I, I really was like, okay, that's the kind of lyrics I can relate to. You know, I don't know if I fully go... I mean, you know, I like a lot of different styles, but, but that's certainly a part of, you know, I think stylistically, like I try to... Add those, you know, comic elements, comic relief to the overall seriousness yeah, yeah. or whatever.
3: Yeah. You so. know,
2: and Ring Around Saturn's purely playful. You know.
0: Yeah.
2: Uh, I I knew when I wrote it, it was good. I I wrote it in one sitting. I just sat there and I wrote it. <laughs> you you wrote the lyrics first before the. Guitar? I wrote it the exact same time. Yeah, I just wrote it, and I heard the chords in my head, and I knew where to go. It's just a 1-4-5. It's three chords. Uh. And I. Yeah, I don't know, I just, as soon as it was done, I, I, I was like, how, I cannot believe I did it, you know? I showed it to Kate, and, and I was like, I mean, is this good, you know, like, I feel like this is pretty good, yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> and, uh, and, you know, she was like, yeah, I like it, you know, I couldn't yeah. tell, honestly, I was like, I don't, maybe it's not, but. It seems like a lot of people like it. So yeah, well,
0: okay. yeah. good. Right. we are at seven forty-six. Um, yep. One All last right. question. Yeah. Uh, just to talk about, uh, I mean, the blips has gotten a lot of great press from a oh, lot of different yeah. people. It's amazing. Of, uh, and whether it Little continues, or what, yeah. you know, whatever happens is like, I, I think it left its imprint as far as, I can't tell you how damn proud I am of the blips. Man, mm-hmm. me too. It's like just that, that's Birmingham, Alabama. Yeah. And that is exactly what we needed. And I'm glad y'all waited. Yeah. To release it. Yeah. It
2: seemed like our only option at the time, really. I mean, we could have tried to push it out, but we wouldn't have been able to play at all. You know, it's like. uh, But we, during that time, already had some of these new songs working. So we'll hopefully crank out the second one pretty fast. I hope, uh, but yeah, it's been amazing. I mean, I never would have expected the love that we've gotten off of that. You know, never would have expected it.
0: Yeah, I mean, every time I see a post, is like, who's looking at it? And I'm like, oh my lord. Yeah, it's crazy. It's like,
2: it, it really is like that stuff just spirals out of control. Like, but it, it's weird. But it's like, as soon as one bigger name actually says they like it then all of a sudden all these other everybody likes because
1: like, yeah. they they they're like well who the hell's this you know yeah henry rollins is like well little stevens listening to it i'm gonna listen to it yeah you know? yeah
2: yeah and they feel okay to yeah. talk about it yeah you know yeah, like yeah. they're not questioning like right is this good or is this just me you know <laughs> yeah. or who,
1: who was the first one with the big props that you were
2: like oh my god did y'all see this i mean was that rollins Rollins was the first one to come out, but we knew about Little Stevens first. Yeah, okay. But that one took longer to roll out. <laughs> I knew about that like a month and a half before it was going to happen. Well, well, no, so we knew that Little Steven started playing it on his show. Yeah. But we didn't know it was going to get the coolest song in yeah. the world thing. Yeah. And then all that, and then just did a big interview for their coolest conversations, which mm-hmm. is freaking insane, like... Dude, I started scrolling down it though. Like, I was like,
0: "Yeah, I saw your post about it," and it's like, and I looked at it
4: too, Dude. and I was like,
0: "Holy
2: crap, yeah. legend, the caliber, there. just like crazy top motherfuckers on there." Yeah,
0: sorry to cuss.
1: No, uh, okay. no, uh, that's not the first cuss word you've said tonight. I know.
2: <laughs> I know. I'm bad. I'm bad. My daughter is just all all night long just hitting me,
0: Dad. Dad! Swears
2: your. You know, mom's giving, jar, mom's yeah, mom's giving up. She's just like, hey, yeah. it's just your dad. how <laughs> no, he is. Uh, but yeah, man, it's been crazy. So, the, yeah, that little Steven thing, to me, that's been the coolest by far because, you know, I really like a lot of the stuff they play. Mm-hmm. You know, that's a cool, cool channel.
4: Yeah.
2: Uh, and and all the the stuff they just push out and support and represent, to be in there with that is you know, it's an honor. It's yeah,
1: they get the honor, coolest but...
2: song in the world for the week, shit. Yeah.
0: You know? <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. I've never had that before. So. Yeah. And one last question. Let's close out on this. All right. Is, uh, uh, Taylor, uh, you have released a single, uh, Do Right. Yeah. Uh, what about for the next album? When are you thinking? When is that going to be ready?
2: I don't know. I got another single ready. Probably, just, I'm. just you know, I'm probably just going to drop it out in like a week or something. So be ready. <laughs> I decided I, I just like just like releasing them, you know, because because I do so many different ways of doing things. But but I have thought about it. I've been like, okay, I might I don't want to give away everything that would be on the record. But I've got a pretty good bag of songs ready to go. That I, oh, and there's a Dead Fingers record fully finished. Hell yes, Woo! that's roll tight. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's gonna come out this fall. So oh my gosh, and yeah. and I'm very proud of it. It's. I think it's the best one. So, you know... That's great. Well,
1: we'll see. But For me, doing a show like Indies Only, there's nothing better than like getting like prepping for my show all week. And then like a Wednesday night, I get a text message from Taylor's got a Dropbox link. I'm like, yes. Oh yes. I got it. Yes. Oh I'm man.
2: I'm so glad. It, I'm so glad I'm not bumming you out. Oh no, man. Hell no. no. Hell no. You, it's
0: just the same. It's like whenever like a play of music and like Taylor's I send it easy. to my people.
2: Like, you know, when, it, when <laughs> I can really tell that if, if people really like it, like y'all with outlets, like I have my little small little list and you know, as soon as recent in the last couple of years, how we've gotten to know each other, y'all got added to the list. Yeah. So you know, I send y'all everything when it when I Hell got. yeah. It, we know.
0: appreciate that. Yeah.
2: Dude, I appreciate y'all. <laughs> Trust me, I appreciate y'all way more than you appreciate
0: <laughs> me. I said we got a we got a porch talk vinyl. I've got an acoustic cut of Do Right that is only going to be on that vinyl. So uh, that'll be dropping in the fall. It'll be sent off to be pressed soon. And uh, can't got wait. It. Anything else to add or subtract, guys? Taylor. Good. Thanks to Druid Dude, City. Thanks yeah. Bo Hicks, Druid City, Seth, all the wonderful people involved here. We have a blip show to... Yeah, we got to go to it. I got to get another I'd like beer. To, yeah. I got to get a
2: beer and pee, man. Yeah, yeah I but I would too. like to throw out to Bo Hicks, thanks for these awesome ribs he cooked tonight. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They are good. Koneka dogs too. Yeah. All right, we're
0: out of here. News and notes. Thank you so much for listening to Porsche Talk. If you haven't done so already, I would ask that you would rate and review the show. Whatever platform it is that you listen to on. Um, takes about 10 seconds. Feel me count it down? I ain't doing it to you. We're walking out right now with Taylor Hollingsworth. Man downtown. Off his album, Country Visions. I'll see you next time. Bentonia. Blues. Comin'
3: the man
4: Did you wait